The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. What a win. Two to one. Kansas City over Chicago as the Royals pull within two and a half games of the first place White Sox. But more importantly, they win their third consecutive series because remember, it's early in the season. So standing still don't totally matter that much. It's how you're playing. And that's three consecutive series wins for the Royals as KC will go for the sweep tomorrow. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Lots to touch on today, namely the pitching in this tilt. We'll look at tomorrow's finale as well as the Royals go for the sweep, but we begin with our player of the game today. And there was three options, a couple on offense, Lorenzo Cain and Gerard Dyson, and I guess you could say two pitching-wise. Danny Duffy was obviously fantastic, giving the Royals four and a third shutout innings. But to me, the player of the game is an unlikely guy, Joaquim Soria. A huge surprise selection. And I'll admit it, probably deep down, if you reach down from within, you'll admit it too. You were not terribly comfortable with Joaquin Soria coming into the game with the bases loaded, nobody out in the seventh, and the Royals ahead 2-0, right? Brian Flynn had struggled that inning, and there was an error by Moustakis on the bunt from Eaton. So you have bases loaded, nobody out, and Yedios goes to Joaquin Soria. And you're probably thinking, oh, no, please get out of this tide. That's what I was thinking, realistically. I'm like, okay, you know, probably a sack fly will happen. They might get one hit here. There's a good chance the White Sox probably pick up two runs here. And deep down, I said, okay, you know, get out of this 2-2. I still feel pretty good about our chances. But Joaquin did a lot better than that. I mean, one inherited run scored, but what do you expect? You've got Jose Abreu coming up, and you've got Todd Frazier coming up as the next two hitters. Bases loaded, nobody out. You know they're going to get at least one there, realistically. But that's all they got. I mean, that was the absolute best-case scenario, what Joaquin Soria did, literally. He wasn't going to come in and strike the side out. He wasn't going to get a triple play. I mean, I suppose he could have gotten the old-school 1-2-3 double play and gotten out of it. But realistically, he comes in against Jose Abreu, one of the most feared hitters in the entire American League, an MVP candidate most years. Not having a great season so far, but still a great hitter. He gets a 6-4-3 double play ball. Out of Abreu. And then it gets Todd Frazier to ground out 5-3. So the White Sox do get the, one of the two runs there to cut the lead to 2-1, to one, but that could have been a lot worse. And that was the ballgame there. It was literally the ballgame. Bases loaded, nobody out. And you've got your 3-4 hitters coming up if you're Chicago. Make that 2-3 hitters if you're Chicago. you got to feel like that was your time to win the game. That was your time to make a dent in the game and get ahead, at least tie it, probably get ahead if a big inning. And Joaquin Soria squished that right there. Swung it back to the Royals in their favor. And just for good measure, Joaquin Surya said, you know what, I'll come back out, man. I'll take this. Even after throwing last night, I won't be available tomorrow now. But he came back out in the eighth inning, getting KC through that as well. Overall, the line for Soria, two innings, six up, six down, not a single base runner in one strikeout for Joaquin Soria. He gets the win for the Royals, and boy, oh boy, did he deserve it. And pitching was the name of the game all day. We'd be remiss if we don't talk a lot about Danny Duffy as well. So let's go back to him. Now, Danny in his second start gets himself up to 63 pitches today for the Royals. So you feel as though 75 is probably in the cards for five days from now, and then probably 90 to start after that, and then three starts from now, he would have no limits, you know, 100, 105, 110, 105 probably. And I don't think Danny Duffy's in the rotation long term. 
I just don't because he's so much valuable to me in the bullpen two out of three days, more so than every five days, especially because of what you saw again today. While he pitched great in those four and a third, he was throwing strikes, but he just could not get the White Sox to quit fouling off every damn pitch. That high fastball is too good to put in play, but it's not quite good enough to blow him away. And that's been a problem consistently throughout Duffy's career. And it's a problem that doesn't seem to happen when he comes out of the bullpen because he's throwing a tick harder. The velocity is a bit more. He's airing everything out. They're only seeing him once. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe some of it's mindset. I know he's tried to duplicate that mindset and, and you know, by coming out and pitching out of the stretch the entire game, by altering how he warms up compared to when he did when he was a starter. But, you know, and, and I'm not complaining. I mean, obviously, that's, that's a great start. 63 pitches, four and a third shutout innings is great. But long term, you'd hope the, the hope's all has been for Duffy that he could somehow be a guy that can give you six six plus innings of two run ball. But it just because of the fact it, it's the damn foul balls. It's, these teams won't quit foul the ball off. It gets so annoying, doesn't it? I'm like, guys, come on, just give up, just strike out. But yeah, Duffy was great. Four and a third, no runs on four hits, three Ks, no walks, hit one batter, elevated that fastball, did a great job. Peter Moylan, a guy that's been very intriguing, was absolutely lights out if you look at the numbers down at Omaha before Casey called him up. I thought he was squeezed a bit in this one. He had one walk that was a BS walk, but still, an inning and two-thirds, no runs on two hits with two Ks. Could have easily been inning and two-thirds, three Ks, no walks, and two hits. So Peter Moylan did a great job coming out. Brian Flynn had a rough go of that. We mentioned how Soria bailed him out. Faced three hitters, a lot of hit, a walk, and of course the bunt that was an error by Moose from Adam Eaton that loaded the bases up. By the way, so good to see Moose back out there. He really legitimizes this Royals lineup. So nice to see him out there. And exciting to see Whit Merrifield in there. Wondering against the lefty if we might see Merrifield in the outfield tomorrow. Maybe giving Gordon a day off? I doubt it, because Gordon just had a day off in the second game of the doubleheader, and they had a day off on Thursday. But I can't see Ned giving Omar Infante two days in a row off after Infante had the double, a key double, mind you, in Friday night's game, in Friday night's victory. So I think Omar will probably be back in there tomorrow. Definitely Paulo. But how about that platoon now, right? <laughs> they went from not being able to get on base to looking like Hannes Wagner out there. Dyson into the three-hit game today in a stolen base. You had Paulo last night with a three-hit game. Those two guys have been phenomenal the last week or so. One more thing on the pitching. Wade Davis allows just a two-out walk to Tyler Saladino in the ninth before ending it. His ERA is now 1.15. He's getting lit up. His ERA is over one. The bum? Somewhere, somebody on Royals Facebook is saying that right now. If you're on, and no, not to hate, because I love many of the Royals Facebook groups, but there are always some fans on there that are a little bit off their rockers that are complaining about the most ridiculous things. Like Chen Ming Wong, I've been defending him all year. His his low three ZRA is somehow really tanking this team. I mean, it's like he's like the one guy on the team that has nothing to do with any of the negative results earlier. Literally. Maybe one game all year, there was a game where he gave up a run on the eighth and the Royals came back and got within a run on the ninth on a comeback. That's the only time all year it was a home game. I forget who it was against, maybe two home stands ago. Anyway, it just kind of cracks me up. Wong has been very good out of the Royals' bullpen. So, just a nice win. The Royals moved to 22-20 and 20 now. Now, offensively, not the best day against Miguel Gonzalez. His ex-fip was even higher coming in than his 5.5 nearly ERA. So, he's <laughs> legit 6F-pip pitcher. And the Royals didn't do much against him. Eight strikeouts, guys. Come on. Six innings, eight strikeouts. Oh, well, we won. It's fun. Two runs, six hits. Didn't walk anybody. You don't like that. The Royals with no walks from against the starter and only two the entire game. Royals for the game, eight strikeouts, two walks. We'll give Gonzalez credit. He did look pretty good. The ball looked heavy out there, was hitting locations very well. But not the best offensive day for the Royals. But just enough offense, thanks to Eric Hosmer coming through in that first pitch sack fly with first and third in the first inning. 
And Lorenzo Cain's sixth home run of the season was a deciding factor as a parting gift there in the sixth inning to Mr. Gonzalez. Royals leave seven on base, and Lorenzo Cain and Gerard Dyson, your two co-offensive player of the games. Cain, two for three with the home run and a walk, got on base three times. Dyson on base three times with a stolen base as well. The delay steal didn't work. I love that delay steal that Rusty Koontz has taught these guys, by the way. The Royals seem to bring it out about once a series, and it seems to work about three out of four times they do it, if not more. Maybe four out of five if you look at it. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't even know if you can break that down. Is there an actual delayed steal? I'm sure there's not, so I have to go back and dig, dig, dig it to get that answer. But there you go. Hits today also for Esky, Salvi, and Witt. A walk for Alex. It's in the books. It's a win. The Royals now look for the sweep tomorrow. Let's talk about it. Your Donald Ventura, 4-2 with a 4-8-5 against lefty Carlos Rodon, who's 1-4 with a 4-7-3. So pretty similar numbers for Ventura and Rodon. Both have huge upside. Both have been big prospects. Ventura, obviously, a little bit less of a prospect. More of a known quantity than Rodon is and was. Rodon the White Sox top guy. Now, this is the, the, the first time the Royals have seen him. They've never seen him. Let's talk about Ventura first. He comes off five and two-thirds against Boston. That was the game where he gave up four runs, where it was the big home run to Travis Shaw. Would have been a one-run game otherwise. So, so the five and two-thirds, four runs, he pitched a lot better than that in his last start. Seven hits allowed by Ventura. Five Ks, only one walk, and that was the last hitter he faced that day. Velocity was up, if you remember. He featured the four-seam fastball a lot more, was sitting uh, well, not sitting, but topping 98, more 96, 97 with the four-seam, and more 92, 93 with the two-seam. We'll see what he throws tomorrow. I'm sure we'll see both. you got to throw wrinkles at these socks, too. The red socks, he already threw the wrinkles at, and these white socks can hit as well. Hopefully they don't start hitting until the Royals get out of town, and then hopefully they don't hit again starting on Thursday when the white socks come in for four at the K. So what a start. Uh, Avasil Garcia, I doubt we see him tomorrow, is 0 for 12 lifetime against Ventura. Adam Eaton is 4 for 14. This is a good number here. The White Sox combined have 63 at-bats as a team against Ventura, and they have just one home run. That was Jose Abreu and those 63 at-bats, and he's 2 out of 7 against Ventura. Hopefully I didn't just jinx him by saying that. If I did, I'll punch myself in the face tomorrow for you, so don't worry about that. Like I said, first time the Royals have seen Rodon. His last start was very good against the Astros. Six innings, two runs, scattering six hits, struck out seven, and walked one. He's a guy who sits in the 91-92 range, can top mid to upper 90s as well, so a very good pitcher for the White Sox. What do I think? I like the Royals for the sweep tomorrow. I believe they're hot. They're going to find a way to get this done tomorrow. Get the sweep, which I never would have predicted coming in. I was hoping for two out of three. So tomorrow essentially is a gravy game. To me, though, the Royals still have a couple of games to make up. They've got to grab a couple of these games and, and get a little greedy from that stretch of three weeks there. And I still think that, it, to me, it was still hurt a little bit. I know I'm, I'm over it, but it still hurt a little bit. They didn't sweep that Braves series. So I want, I want to steal another game back. Because we said the reason I called the Braves must sweep a week ago was you can't expect to just run off 13 out of 19 or you know against the White Sox. Well, maybe you can expect that if you sweep the first series of the year and then come home and get two or three next weekend. So you got to get greedy. You know, you, dug, you, you didn't dig a hole, but you started digging a hole. But a couple more wins, you know, a sweep here tomorrow get two out of three in Minnesota and come home and at least split or get three against the White Sox next weekend, you could feel like you're back on steady footing at that point. And, and, you're, and you're getting close now. I understand that. The Royals have now won three series in a row. They're playing a lot better ball. But you're still not 100% healthy yet. Still have some questions with starting pitching. Some key guys in the lineup still aren't hitting. The Royals only put up two runs today. So, you know, let's be happy today, but let's not be overly thrilled. 
with individual offensive production today. But overall, the Royals, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with how they played the last three series. I'm not complaining. No complaints here. I'm just saying, let's keep it going. Let's get greedy. Let's get the sweep. And, you know, let's see another week of really hot baseball. The Royals have to do that to get that uh, little ground that, that they lost and the games that they lost, you know, over that three week span. So get greedy, get a win tomorrow. Even if they don't, it's okay. Got to win that series in Minnesota. So, you know. Get the series of Minnesota, come home and get at least a split against the White Sox next weekend, and then you can really start talking about where you're at about a week from now as you head closer to the month of June, Memorial Day in June. So there you go. We're back again with you on Clubhouse Conversation tomorrow. Have a great night. Enjoy this one, and go Royals!